Hands of My Podcast is a proud member of Darkcast Network, presenting the brightest of indie podcasts. Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo, and I bring stories and cases from the people of color community, bringing awareness of murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So, welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. This case has limited amount of information from the law enforcement. Most, if not all, of the information comes from the family who are actively involved in trying to solve this case. This family has expressed their frustration with law enforcement's investigation. All information included is based on publicly available sources online, but I am not posting anything on an absolute fact. I am just reporting what I have found online and do not accuse anyone of anything. Everyone is innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. This episode will focus on the case of Kaya Annette Taylor, a 28-year-old woman who went missing on February 6, 2020 in Plant City, Florida. I will discuss her background and life prior to her disappearance as well as the events that took place leading up to it. Additionally, this episode would explore various theories surrounding her disappearance and potential leads that have been investigated thus far. Finally, I will provide an overview of current efforts being made by law enforcement and other organizations to find Kaya Taylor and bring closure to her family and friends. There will be a lot of moving parts, specifically a lot of people involved in her investigation. So you will hear the names Kanitha Taylor, mother, G as little cousin, Portia Taylor, sister-in-law, Chris, the brother, Hope Taylor, aunt, Allison S, which is a sibling from another mother and a longtime friend, and Cindy Johnson, who is also aunt. Jay is often referred as the boyfriend. I will be using the initials. J, L, K, T, and K's parents. Interestingly, several people involved in this case have never been publicly named by the law enforcement, so I will identify them by their first initial in this episode. Their names are out there along with a lot of information about their history, personality, and possible actions in this case. Kaya has an extensive supportive family who enjoyed each other's company and was private before the disappearance. However, after Taylor went missing, the family banded together even more to support and learn how to use social media to get the message out. The family has had to guard themselves against people who like to accuse them of crime and dissect their every movement and emotion. Some of the family has had to deal with death threats. And this is not unusual in true crime cases. In almost every higher profile case, I have seen the family suffer this way from the rumors and the public. It's extremely awful and my heart goes out to them. It has taken a toll on them, but they speak out against that and continue to look for Kaya Taylor. So previously we talked about the part one of Kaya Annette Taylor, efforts that were conducted by the law enforcement and community members to locate Kaya Taylor after she went missing on February 6, 2020. 
There have been other possible explanations for Kaya's disappearance, and I will discuss the various theories that have been put forward to explain why Kaya went missing. This could include potential foul play, abduction, or any other possible explanations that have been suggested by family and friends of Kaya, as well as the law enforcement. The news runs an article about the case, but curiously the sheriff's office tells the news that, quote, Taylor has made suicidal statements in the past, end quote, and the family has to combat suicidal rumors as well as look for Kaya Taylor. This, I know for sure, affects the family on these particular rumors. Quote, I still know her, and I know her better than anyone else, and I know that this is absolutely not the case here. Stated Kanitha Taylor, she would not disappear. She would contact me or her best friend, end quote. Kaya would also state that, what are three things that you are grateful for? Allison S. said that Kaya would remind herself to be grateful every single day. The love is perfect, and... This perfect love orchestrates what we call life. This random chaos of things happening by chance and divine timing. Um, you can trust in this love. And when you notice these odd God moments that we call coincidences, just give appreciation and know that God is always with you. Quote, there is no way Kaya was suicidal that day. According to Allison, a new detective, Detective Florio, which we identified in the previous episode of Part 1, was assigned to the case. Detective Florio joined HCSO in 2006 and was promoted to detective in 2013. Detective Florio has worked in HCSO's Criminal Investigations Division since 2014. But the detective that was assigned to her case 10 days later from the day Thursday, the time he got the file in the case, it was 10 days later. So he and his uh, superiors did realize, you know, the things that had happened that were failures. So there was a deep hurt, if you will, because I trust law enforcement. I had a lot of um, confidence in them <clears throat> and it, it really broke mine and it, it so it was hard however in dealing with detective my detective on the case he's done an amazing job for me he has tried to protect me too as far as um my feelings and understanding how what i'm going through and he requested that allison meet with him in his office at the hcso allison says she gives him the same statements. Detective Florio re-interviews all the other parties as well. On the 15th, this day was the first family search and Kaya's brother had flown in from Iowa to help. During his search, Kaya's quote-unquote boyfriend appeared to help, but the family turned him away saying that they were emotional and angry and wanted him to leave. They all knew about Kaya's rocky relationship with him and knew he was the last to see her. A family-run Facebook group dedicated to finding Kaya was created around this time frame. After the first search and the Finding Kaya Facebook page was made, the community members messaged the family to tell them that they had witnessed the officer moving Kaya's car. This was the first time the family had heard these details. On Saturday, February 15th, 
By this time, Hillsborough County Sheriff's deputies have been doing searches, quote-unquote, canines, helicopters, going door-to-door. They kind of did their thing, Portia Taylor, sister-in-law states. The family searches the area this day. At this point in time, the family has done multiple searches in this area. Quote, we just want to make sure that she is okay, Kanitha stated, and let her know that she has people out here that love her and we're going to do everything to find her to bring her home. It certainly looks like love out here, end quote. February 20th through the 27th estimated. Most news sources say that there were no leads at this time, but one reported that there were some leads, but investigators need to help from the public to gather more information. The family makes t-shirts with Kaya's face on them to help area people know what she looks like, and they wear them to raise awareness. The family places signs asking for information at the missing location. Deputies stopped cars, handed out 500 flyers about Kaya Taylor, and asked for information. They also placed an electronic sign there. This led in some leads, but they ended up dead ends. There was a slew of sightings. There was a slew of sighting tips, and each one was looked into, but all led nowhere. The family asks, what if you see someone who looks like her, snap a picture of them, send it to their page, and save the photo. Then, call the police and show them, and email that photo once the police arrive at the police department. February 25th, 2020, which was a Tuesday, according to Kanitha, Kaya has been 19 days without communication, no calls or texts. 20 days after Kaya's mysterious disappearance on February 26, her family and friends were shocked. The office manager at Foxy Farms, which was the strawberry distribution plant, to find her shoes located near her car by a light pole that had a missing persons flyer with Kaya's picture attached. Kanitha had also walked her dog over to that spot for a break. This area had already been searched before the shoes appeared, leading investigators to believe that someone put them there. The police took the shoes for further investigation, where they were confirmed as belonging to Kaya by her mother. It was unsettling discovery that brought no closure or answers for those searching for Kaya Taylor. It provided me more questions than answers. And ironically and strangely enough, these abandoned shoes featured in a similar case, like Kelly Marie Vasquez. Quote, I felt that there were place there and somebody maybe was remorseful, Kanitha told Dateline. We searched in that area for weeks and never found anything. Those shoes were ones I gave her and I definitely would have noticed them." End quote. Saturday, February 29th, investigators of HCSO and Homeland Security searched the area for clues. By March 3rd, a GoFundMe was created for Kaya Taylor by Portia and the funds were intended to go to a private investigator. They reached their goal by March 13, 2020, NamUs profile is created for Kaya Taylor. Unfortunately, in NamUs, they have Kaya listed as only Caucasian, yet she is confirmed to be biracial by her family. I've noticed this occurrence in a lot of cases where 
we are dealing with biracial or mixed race persons that are missing. Some have been mislabeled and identified, which increases the chances of them not being found. Saturday, March 21st, the Zypher Hills AutoZone at 9 a.m. through 1 p.m. was a car wash fundraiser to raise reward money. Unfortunately, it was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. By the end of March and start of April estimated, the law enforcement kept the car for roughly six to eight weeks and re finally returned it to Kanitha. Detective Florio said that once HCSO recovered the car, they searched it from top to bottom, evidence processing wise. Detective Florio says he knew that he had the car on the 10th and processed it for several days, including fingerprinting, alternate light source processing, and other forensic techniques. Prints that were recovered were all known person prints. Kaya and her friends drove the car to Dade City. And according to Allison, the phone and shoes had been kept at HCSO. Several other friends were questioned and linked to Kaya via phone record. Quote, we, in the investigation, we were able to get a hold of Kaya Taylor's cell phone, and we've ended up going out and speaking to the last couple of people who she spoke with and going through a timeline of who she would have spoken to and speaking to a friend of hers whose house she was staying at in Lakeland. She was actually supposed to go to that friend's house that day. She had also expressed that Kaya was definitely upset and it wasn't normal for her, end quote. Taylor's mother and sister went through the car when it was returned. They found the dress that Kaya had been wearing, a receipt to Ross and Brandon dated February 5th using a card Kaya did not have with her. Allison called Ross, but they said that they would need the warrant to collect the card information if it was still available, and the surveillance from the day would be long gone due to the time that it had been passed. HCSO did not follow up on either of these leads. April 14th of 2020, the family ran Facebook reports. There was no news or updates. However, they had a private investigator looking into the case. By June of 2020, families of missing women from the area, including Taylor's family, staged a protest outside the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office because they all felt their cases had not been appropriately investigated. FBI still is not involved in my sister's case and they refused to bring the FBI into my sister's case. Around the same time that my sister came up missing, there was a girl, I believe it was in Ohio. She was white, um, she had just turned 18 and FBI was on it in three days. And there was another woman, Veronica Reyes Diaz, who went missing just hours after hanging out in Plant City weeks before Kaya went missing. Katrina says, Veronica looks very similar to her sister. Following the protest, the sheriffs tell everyone there is a special project in the works. A few months later, the podcast they created was unveiled. On July 1st, the family expresses their frustration at the lack of communication and answers. They say detectives are not returning phone calls and the sheriffs have yet to speak with them. August 8th, a prayer vigil was held at the car location on that day. Monday, August 10th, 
The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office launches its cold case podcast. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office is launching a cold case podcast in hopes of shedding some new light on missing persons and unsolved homicide cases dating back decades. ABC Action News reporter McKenna King highlights episode number one and spoke with a mother desperate for answers. Podcast One will shed some light on the story of Kaya Taylor, the 28-year-old Plant City woman who went missing six months ago today. To mark that anniversary, her family and friends gathered here tonight where deputies found her car. It's been overwhelming because it is a six-month mark and we really didn't think we would be here at this mark. By now, Kenitha Taylor was hoping for more answers. There's no trace, there's no evidence, there's nothing. So it's like we're seeing from the very day that we found her car till now, there's like there's nothing. Instead, time has seemingly stood still. It's kind of like a twilight zone. While the sheriff's office continues to follow leads, they're hoping their new cold case podcast called Unfinished Business helps bring answers for families like the Taylors. These cases are extremely heartbreaking, even devastating to the families of these victims. We're hoping that this will generate new leads. So that another six months from now, the Taylor family at least has closure. Somewhere, someone knows something. So maybe if they're seeing that the family's just not going away quietly in the night, you know, we really are going to continue to look for until we find closure. The Sheriff's Office is releasing Kaya Taylor's episode of the Cold Case podcast on Monday on several podcast platforms. On December 4th, On Dateline features Kaya Taylor in their seventh anniversary of the series post. In 2022, Kendall Ray continues her help in Kaya Taylor's case by doing a podcast interview with the family and friends of Kaya Taylor. Kanitha had to go live with her son and daughter-in-law in Iowa for a bit because of the memories of being in her home. Kaya's room is left nearly as it was. And since she was raised there, the house is packed with memories. Kaya's mother moved her everyday items like face washes and razors back into her room just so that it didn't hurt her so much in the quiet moments to have the reminders there. Kaya's family called state attorney's offices and has yet to receive results. We have reached out to the FBI who had stated they will not get involved unless the local police department, county or state police department call them directly to ask for their assistance. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office has shared with us that they have all the resources as the FBI and there's no need to get them involved and are not planning to contact the FBI, end quote. The family has reached out to missing person groups and human sex trafficking. Unfortunately, human sex trafficking was unable to help since there is no proof she was taken. The family reaches out to TV shows, podcasts, and even Nancy Grace and Dr. Phil. The family asks you to contact these types of people on their behalf. So in the following days but unknown exact time frame, the family searches the surrounding areas of her empty car for weeks. They search the railroad tracks and the roads. Finally, the searches had to stop because of the COVID-19 and Portia Taylor and her husband Chris return home to Iowa. The family has tried to reach out to Jay, but he is unresponsive to the family. The family finds that curious considering they were supposed to have been in a relationship. Investigators look for surveillance footage for Kaya and search for anyone who might have seen her that night. Detective Florio says they knocked on neighbors' doors from up and down north, south, east, west of that location, end quote. One video from a local business was recovered, 
but it was not of use. Another theory is the foul play hate crime theory. In 2021, Melissa Zeus creates a change petition with the intent of having to write S.A. Warren to investigate the case as a hate crime. On February 6th of 2021, a remembrance is held on the first anniversary. They had t-shirts and bracelets for sale along with another search around 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the area she had been last seen. Throughout 2021, the family continues to raise funds for the reward money by selling shirts, bracelets, and selling bumper stickers. By November 16th of 2021, friends and family gather around for Taylor's birthday at the missing car location. They lit candles, prayed, and listened to Gracious Tempest by Hillside, young and free. They also did another unofficial search of the area. The family has 10,000 available as a reward to anyone with information about Kaya Annette Taylor, end quote. The news mentions Crime Stoppers, but I think the family was also offering this as a private reward, not through Crime Stoppers. January 24th, 2022, Court TV makes a segment and includes an interview with Kanitha Taylor, Kaya Taylor's mother. During the Court TV interview, Kanitha says the police do not have any suspects and was told by the detective that Jay and his friends have cooperated. And this episode has footage of the area and mapping of the car's location, shoes, and tracks. June 15, 2022, the police have not ruled the boyfriend out. Instead, law enforcement has said they've done everything possible and are hopeful someone will come forward with information. Group of volunteers called We Are the Essentials searched where the car was found. Then, they started to breathe new fire into the case. And if you want to donate to the group, I will provide their website information in the show notes. August 7th, followers of Finding Kaya social media accounts report to Finding Kaya that they are being targeted for following or commenting on public posts. The family asks that people do not abandon them now. They believe Jay and his followers are behind the harassment. By September 28th, Finding Kaya pages states that they now have incriminating information about Jay's involvement with Kaya's disappearance. They now promise a release of all the texts, videos, and everything they can. This includes porn content and drug consumption videos created and uploaded at the Best Friends Case ISP address. October 20th through the 21st. The family plans for a fundraiser. They are tie-dyeing another batch of t-shirts, tie-dye being Kaya's favorite, and doing an online auction to keep raising funds to make the reward bigger. And the family continues to do physical searches for Kaya daily. November 5th, a GoFundMe was created for Kaya Taylor by Hope Taylor, who is Kaya's aunt, raising funds for a noon sign after someone attacked the last. Someone had attempted to cut the photo out with a knife. They also slashed across the waist on one image and stabbed Kaya Taylor's face in the photo. And as I checked as of today, they still need to meet their goal. 
of buying a new sign and surveillance camera. Right now, they've only received a little bit over $800 out of the $1,000 that they need to raise for the sign. Saturday, November 12th, between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m., right on 902 East Trapno Road in Plant City, Florida, a group of retired law enforcement officers and veterans volunteered to look for clues in the case. They plan an event near Kaya's birthday to try to give the family comfort and raise awareness for the people of color who have gone missing in the area and are ignored. How often do you hear about our black and brown girls missing? You don't hear that very often. It could be you. I could be talking to you now and then you're gone. The family invites new stations and stages the car to show the public exactly how it had been found. And by this year, January 11th, 2023, the case starts to form against a particular person and their accomplices. Now, if you want to follow and support Kaya Annette Taylor's family, I will provide all the family-run social media accounts. The Taylor family is offering $10,000, the reward for any information that leads them to Kaya. Crime Stoppers is also offering up to $5,000 also. As of today, Kaya Annette Taylor is still missing. She is African-American and Caucasian female with brown, red, or considered auburn colored hair was 28 years old when she went missing. She is about five feet, six inches, weighs between 107 to 180 pounds. Brown eyes, the clothing and jewelry description, a blue, gray, red, and white stripes, short sleeved mini dress, tan knee high boots, and possibly a pink cardigan sweater. A photo of the dress and the sweater is posted with this case summary. Kaya's ears are pierced, she has the following tattoos, an infinity symbol on the left side of her upper chest, two X's on the back of her shoulder, a rose on the inside of her forearm, a sun on her upper right thigh, and a ladybug on the outside of her left calf leg. Photos of some of the tattoos are posted in this case summary. She has scars on the insides of her forearm, and a scar on her right upper arm. If you have any information regarding Kaya Annette Taylor, please don't hesitate to contact the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office at 813-247-8000 or the family directly at the social media accounts that I will identify in the show notes. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to come back next week for our discussion of true crime stories. Until then, this is Jasmine Castillo. We are voiceless no more. This podcast was created, produced, recorded, and edited by Jasmine Castillo. Researched by Mary Weathers and Jasmine Castillo.